0: from 1 Kings 16, 17, 18. And we began our series last week in Tyler Unlimited. Mr. Webster says that unlimited means unrestricted, unconfined, boundless, infinite, vast. Psalm 145 verse 3 says this about God. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. And His greatness is, some paraphrase, unlimited. The greatness of God, according to Scripture, is unlimited. Psalm 147, verse 5. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is unlimited. Psalm 113, verse 4. The Lord is exalted over all the nations. His glory is unlimited. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth? In other words, am I not unlimited? Revelation chapter 1 verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord. The one who was, who is, and who is in coming, the unlimited one. You see, when we read the Word of God, what we realize about the nature and character of God is... God is unlimited. God's unlimited in His greatness. He's unlimited in His goodness. He's unlimited in His grace. He's unlimited in His presence. He's unlimited in His power. He's unlimited in His pra- Hallelujah! Yes, you preach, boy! <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, if you don't understand this, you're, you're not going to get it today. We're talking about the unlimited one and God begins to move in the life of a man named Elijah and God displays over a three and a half year period of time his absolute unlimitedness toward his son Elijah. Now, last week we looked a little bit about the days of Elijah. Like what were the days of Elijah like? And since some of you were gone, we're gonna catch you up in about five minutes because you need to understand To grab hold of the message today, what's going on in history here? So when we go to the days of Elijah, the story of Elijah begins really in 1 Kings chapter number 16. And we find that the days of Elijah were dark days. They were dark spiritually because the people had abandoned worshiping God and they were worshiping a false god named Baal. Now, Baal was considered to be the god of fertility. Baal was the one that those that worshipped him, they thought that Baal was the one that sent the rain. The rain went into the ground, the crops became fertile, and the crops produced, so Baal got all the credit. Baal was also considered to be the god of fertility over a woman's womb. They thought that Baal had the power to touch the womb of a woman, her womb would become fertile, and give birth to multiple children. So these days were dark days spiritually, because the people were following Baal, and they weren't following God. They were also depleted days. They were depleted of the presence and the power of God. And what I want to say is, whatever God we go chasing after, it could be the God of finances, it could be the God of career, it could be the God of family, whatever it is is whatever God we go chasing and we allow or we cause Jesus or Jehovah God to be second place we will always walk in depletion we will be depleted of the presence and the power of God so these were dark days They were depleted days, but they were also disappointing days. They were disappointing days because Ahab the king had the power to lead the people in the right way, but he chose to lead the people in the wrong way. I'm talking about the wrong way spiritually. When you read up the previous chapters leading up to 1 Kings chapter 16, the kingdom is divided. There's Israel and Judah. And and, and over Israel now, we come to Ahab. The Bible says that he was more wicked or more evil than all the kings that had come before him. If you read about the evil and wickedness of the kings preceding him, this was a bad boy. I mean, Ahab was a bad boy. So Ahab marries Jezebel, whose father was one of the leaders of Baal worship. And it's disappointing any time Leaders have an opportunity to lead the people in the true way of God but for whatever reasons they choose to lead the people somewhere else it's always tragic and disappointing these were dark days depleted days they were disappointing days and they were dangerous days and what I'm saying is when the days are dark spiritually and depleted spiritually and disappointing spiritually they're always going to be dangerous days now, here's why it's dangerous. Remember in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13. Well, most people don't remember 13. They remember 14. But 13, listen. 13 says this. If I shut up the heavens, that there be no rain. And if I cause locusts to devour the land. If my people, which are called by my name will humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked way. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now the verse before that says, if I shut up the heavens... If I send the locust to devour the lamb. So what happens is in the Old Testament, and last week we said this, don't you think God we're in the new covenant, not the old covenant. In the Old Testament, one of the ways God would bring judgment to his people when they walked away from him is, one of the ways is God would close up the heaven so there would be no rain. You're tracking with me. So what happens is, God is in the process of shutting up the heavens. So God sends Elijah to speak to the king Ahab. And Elijah goes into Ahab and says, It's not going to rain, neither is dew going to fall on the ground these years until I say so. Now, if you read the story in its entirety, it didn't rain from that point for three and a half more years. So Elijah goes in and says, It's not going to rain. Dew's not going to come on the ground. Which means, which means even, in the, even in the dry season when there is no rain, there's going to be no dew. your crops are going to begin to die. Their crops are going to begin to fail. So it's not going to rain. Dew is not going to fall on the ground until I say. And then he turns and walks away. Now, when he walks away, God speaks to him. And God says, I want you to go hide yourself down by the brook Kareth. I want you to conceal yourself, I want you to absent yourself, I want you to remove yourself from public eye, and I want you to go hide down by the brook carrot. So last week, in the message, we found out that God told Elijah to do something that did not make sense. And primarily it didn't make sense because God told Elijah, when you get there, can y'all shout there? Remember, there's where the provision is. When you get there, God said, I will send the ravens in the morning and in the evening. They're going to feed you and the brook will supply your water. Well, ravens were considered unclean birds, which is kind of funny to me. So God is saying, I'm going to send unclean birds to provide for what you need in your physical body. So the point of the message last week was Elijah learned to trust God even when it didn't make sense. And if you'll look at the screen, can you bring up the next frame, Debbie, just for a moment? Here's what we learned. To trust God when it doesn't make sense, we must welcome God's promise. God said, go over there, and that's what I'm going to provide. We must wait for the promise of God to be fulfilled. Remember, here's where we camped out last week. Go Where God tells you to go and stay where God tells you to stay until you witness the promise of God being fulfilled. Y'all remember that, right? So now everybody's up to speed. Everybody's on one page. God speaks to Elijah, go to the brook. And what we found was, sure enough, in the morning and in the evening, God sent ravens to bring meat and bread to Elijah, and he was drinking from the brook. And so God fulfilled his promise, and Elijah learned, you know what, I can trust God even when it doesn't make sense.